Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Friendshipping is proudly supported and hosted by Simplecast. Simplecast makes podcasting easy, affordable, and downright friendly. Use the promo code CHICAGO to get 50% off your first three months. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This is Friendshipping! And the theme this week is... How to talk to your therapist about stuff. Or How not to talk to your therapist about certain stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I just held it in for a while. Friendship between humans has many benefits. But sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Trin, I'm sleepy. Jen, why are you sleepy? I think I'm sleepy because I sort of went out last night. Not like out, out very late, but I went out and I had some glasses of that vino that I, you, you know, oh, I love yeah, to drink. Oh yeah, the, the grape juice. My favorite beverage. And then I got home and I had what is known as a nightcap. Yeah. A nightcap is when you decide to keep drinking after you've decided to not keep drinking. That's good. It's like putting a punctuation mark when you like an extra punctuation mark like I'm done drinking I'll just have one more drink that doesn't make any sense (laughs) anyway I have regrets today but I did have a nice time drinking whiskey and reading my mystery novels like an old man (laughs) Jen Jen I want you to be my grandfather I would love to be your grandpapa (laughs) Uh, that reminds me of this conversation I had with my brother the other day (laughs) oh my god I can't believe I just remembered this what so my I have an older brother and uh, he is trying to date ladies. Nice. Difficult thing to do. Yes. And he has only realized now at the age of 35 years old that when a woman asked you to come up and have coffee, she wants to have sex. Oh. And he told me that he really thought just everybody drank coffee at like 11 p.m. And he would always say no and then be like, this person is crazy. Why are they having caffeine this late? I am so sorry public education failed your brother in this way. Like so, so deeply. Damn. I know. And so I was like, how can we solve this? Because that's the thing. Nobody is having coffee that late, right? Unless they're like an artist. Uh, I've only had coffee that late to be like, I need to stop drinking. Yeah. Which, by the way, I don't think science... Don't like follow. Do as I say, not as I do on that, because I don't think the science supports wow. caffeine getting alcohol out of your system quickly. It's just no. a little thing I like to do. <laughs> it's your nightcap. Yeah, so it's to my speak. nightcap nightcap. <laughs> it's your night socks that you put on with your nightcap. <laughs> so cute. I have night socks. Did I uh, you, that's I a sleep with, This is a weird thing. I've never met it aloud. Tell I sleep me. with one sock on, one sock off. Which one? Uh, it changes. It just, I don't like plan it, but every single night I wake up. Every one si- sock is gone? Yeah, I, every single morning I wake up and one sock's gone. And it's like not my dog stealing it. Like I know I kick it off. <laughs> You're learning a lot about me today. I feel so close to you and our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> um, speaking of our habits. Or not. Or no habits and not talking about them. We, uh, so wait, so what the fuck was the first question about? First question was about having trouble finding a therapist. Okay. Well, so, uh, my segue is really only relevant to the second question. Do you want to give it the segue another try? No, I just want people to know that the second question is about marijuana. And it's really good. And so I'm stick so around. I'm so excited yeah, about so it. Yeah, so we might fuck off through this, do badly on this first question in our excitement to get to question number two. <laughs> Although, which is not to say that this first question is wrong or bad we're or not We're just bad good. at our jobs here. Yes. That's we, all we're saying. We should be fired, but we don't have a boss. But we're our own boss, so. Is that Ian the boss? Our producer? Yeah, because like he's the one who's like, I'm going to cut 
No the- way. We're the boss of Ian. Ian, put a sound effect right here. Good sound effect, Ian. Thanks, Thanks. Ian. Good job. Thanks. Thanks for exerting your power, Jen. I've got to put him in his place, that guy. <laughs> okay, should I read the first question? Always. I'm 40-something, and I've struggled with depression for over 30 years. As you and all of my friends and family suggest, I should be in therapy. But I have trust issues with therapists. I was in therapy a lot in my teens, but that ended when my therapist tried to convince me that I was full of sads because I was gay. I love my gay friends, but I'm not one of them, not even a little. It was over 20 years before I tried therapy again. I went through a lot of them and never really felt a connection with any therapist. A lot of the time, I just didn't feel that the people were that smart. I really want my therapist to be a fucking brainiac. A few years ago, I did find someone who I really liked and felt safe with and who I felt got me. We were making progress, but then his landlord raised his office rent 600%. My awesome therapist moved his practice an hour away, and I could not make that work with my schedule. The thought of picking random names and going to multiple sessions only to find there are bozo or that they stole a dog or something <laughs> nice reference is just a massive anxiety generator i'm not in a crisis or anything but the part of me that is fragile is the part that can't handle false starts very well any suggestions you have on ways to evaluate people before calling them pronouns he him dude hello dude dude so my dude um <laughs> so there's a lot uh, to take a part of this question because um you have some very valid fears of therapy and honestly I know we say a lot that uh, everybody could benefit from a good therapist, but the truth is, is that some people, it just doesn't work that well for them. And there are definitely other avenues you can take. However, I feel like if you still have interest in making this work for yourself, then it's not time to abandon this path quite yet. Yeah, not yet. We can give you some of our ideas and you can be like, yeah, I'll give it another go or no, this really just doesn't work. Yeah, I feel like if we just keep farting out enough information. Some of it will eventually reach someone, reach one person. Yeah, it'll osmose into your systems. So I admit, when I first read this question, I got a little prickly. Yes, I got a little defensive. (laughs) You did. uh, Because you said you want a really smart therapist. You want a brainiac. And I admit that rubbed me the wrong way because... I don't know. I, th- I, for- I guess I forgot for a second that you're not actually looking for a friend. You're looking for a medical professional. Right. And of course, you want your medical professional to meet certain standards. That's totally acceptable. If you were like, my friends aren't very smart or something, I get really upset because when I was younger, I used to think intelligence was the most cool, important thing in a person. But it's not. Kindness is, actually. Right. But I talked through it with Trin, and she made me see the light. And now I'm fully in support of you being absolutely fucking judgmental and selective and choosy over your therapist. Absolutely. I, I completely agree with Jen. There's nothing moral and upright about being smart. It's just a quality that you have. And kindness is what shows you and guides you how to use that. But let's talk about what smart means, especially in the context of therapy, because I'm not sure that you necessarily mean smart in a brainiac way. Okay, so let, let's take it apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because maybe you do. Who knows? But I have found in my life that there are kind of a couple different kinds of therapists. One is that, uh, like, there's clinical therapists and then there's, like, whimsical therapists. And they can Full work. of whimsy. Right. Okay, so clinical therapists are people who, they give you fucking homework. You sit down and they're like, they got a structure. And, like, you, and you can kind of tune out their humanity and, like, just talk at them like a voicemail machine and, like, get shit done. And then there's whimsical, which certain elements work for some people. These are the people who've got papyrus font on their websites. And sunsets in the background. Which is totally fine because however, whatever makes you function, like who cares? 
but they will guide you towards maybe self-help books. They'll talk about your spiritual journey. I've actually really benefited from somebody like that, even though I'm not like a spiritual or religious yeah, person. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I mean, just having somebody to kind of nod and tell you it's going to be okay, um, that can be really, really helpful for people. Clinical therapists are like, you have a problem, we're going to solve it. Whimsical therapists are like, okay, I hear you. Let's process this together. <laughs> so I think what you are doing is I think you're referring to more clinical therapists when you say smart. That could be what's happening. Maybe you want a therapist that will really be hard on you. Yeah. Or challenge you. I'm actually like in between. I've been therapist. I haven't been a therapy in a while. But the next time I look for one, which will, you know, I can definitely see it in the near future. I need to go back to therapy just because that's how I live my life. Uh, I'm going to look for a therapist that will be a little tough on me. Like I, I think I've mentioned on the show before, I don't really need a therapist to encourage me or strengthen me because I'm already way overconfident. <laughs> uh, what I need is someone to put me in my place and point out things that are that aren't working and like, you know, be a little tough and challenging. So that's something to keep in mind, too. Like you might disagree with your therapist. Yeah, like you just might. And like like I had a therapist I, I really liked for for a time, but I will never forget the session where she gave me advice that was bad. Like she gave me bad directions. I was a uh, uh, just quick backstory. I was explaining that I was explaining to her that someone from my deep past was like coming back into my family, into my life and kind of circling in my atmosphere again. And her immediate advice was to like, go reach out to this person to clear the air. And I'd not see this person in like 12 years. And she thought it would ease my anxiety to clear the air. And this was well-intentioned, but very bad advice because she was not like looking for uh, not keeping in mind, like maybe personal safety, that kind of thing. So I just want to just before we go into like choosing a therapist, she was a great therapist and she was wrong sometimes. Right. I, I don't think you're ever going to find a therapist who is right always. I mean, it's like listening to this show, you know? Yeah. Like we we're never going to always be right. It's why, it's why we have disclaimers. Right. And, it, and it's why we always say, you know, the situation better than anybody else. That also goes with therapists, even though they might not say that out loud to you. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. They probably won't say it out loud. Um, I remember one time I thought a therapist was dumb because it was I was explaining why I'm so negative and so pessimistic. And I felt really like you don't realize how terrible people in the world are. So obviously you're just dumb. <laughs> right. You know, they weren't they weren't sharing in the darkness that you were feeling. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that could be it, too. It's like I, I do think that sometimes people mistake negativity for having a lot of information and evidence. It's not the same thing. Oh, my God. That is so true. Um, so, I mean, it, it may be that the problem is that they are challenging your worldview and you think that they're stupid because <laughs> because they don't see things the way that you do, which is I think may sound harsh, but it's honestly not that harsh because we all do this. We all do this, especially people that have depression. Oh, yeah. I when the times of my life I've been really depressed, I become such a beehole. I'm not <laughs> kidding. Like, it yeah. doesn't always channel as sadness. Sometimes I'm just in a bad fucking angry mood. Right. Yeah. And for me, it's really like if somebody is trying to convince me that everything's going to be OK, I'm like, well, that's because you're you just don't know everything. You're an idiot. You don't have all the information right. and you are making bad thoughts. <laughs> Your optimism is really stupid. Yeah, you're a little baby. Do you want me to burp you, you little naive baby? <laughs> Do you need a diaper change? Um, so, okay, again, we're not trying to shit on you. We're just saying, like, these are normal lizard brain reactions that even the smartest human being may have when they're talking to somebody 
who is there to judge their decisions. Exactly. Man, there's so many times I've gone into a therapy session and like listened to what they said and go, hey, what do you know? Like mm-hmm. thought that and then been like, oh, I just told her all that. I totally allowed this therapist to give me her thoughts back. And I'm like, get out of here. Oh, I'm in your office. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, if if all of these things are just not true and the truth is you just need somebody to be on to understand your references to Vonnegut and like whatever, I don't know. Like, that's fine. Like, keep shopping around. I think a, a, a good way to do that is admit that your want of a brainiac therapist is a little superficial. And that's OK. And that is so OK. You can leave a therapist for any reason. And it's like you said, like, I mean, you can leave a therapist because they remind you of your ex. You can leave your therapist because they stole a dog. Like there are lots of reasons why that could not work out. So I would say in acknowledging that you want this superficial quality in your therapist, again, that's okay. One of the things I would do is often on insurance websites, you can filter for people with a PhD. Oh, nice. It's true. And like and they're usually because um, there's like, you know, licensed clinical um, social workers like, like those the- dumb fucks out of here. <laughs> I, I do better with um, a licensed clinical social worker than a, a Ph.D. simply because they typically work with kids, too. And I've got childhood trauma. So you want to do the opposite of me. You want to look for somebody who focuses. Should they're a Ph.D.? So, like, know what all of the abbreviations after somebody's name mean. You could just Google something like um, uh, acronyms for uh, psychologists or whatever. If you see DDIV, that's a doctor of divinity. So they have a PhD in God. So if you are a religious person, then that's probably the way to go. Um, If you see an MA, Master of the Arts, that might not be for you. You may need somebody who's a little bit more clinical and has an MS, Master of Science. All of these things are meaningful. Um, So just I would say the number one thing before you go back and and look for a therapist is find out what all of those abbreviations mean and see which one sounds good to you. And it sounds superficial. It is. It doesn't fucking matter. Do the thing that works for you. Now is the time to be judgmental. And you don't even have to be fair. You don't even have to be fair. I asked a couple friends like before we recorded this episode because I was thinking about this question for a couple of days and I was like, "What, what do you look for in a therapist? And uh, my friend replied that they actually hadn't had any therapists they didn't like, but their advice was be selfish. Like for the love of God, you're giving your information, your life story, your personal history and your money and your time to this therapist. Like, God, now is the time to be as selective and choosy as you like. Absolutely. Yeah. One time I uh, one of the things I I was looking for on on therapy websites is sometimes they'll have like a form that you fill out and you put like check boxes. And this one therapist, I was like going through the forum and under bad behaviors or like socially inappropriate behaviors. Purple hair. No, uh, smoking one cigarette or more per week. Bad behaviors, smoking. Whoa. I know. And so like, and I found that to be so weirdly judgmental. I was going to say that is such a weird way of asking that question. I know. And I don't, I'm not a smoker and I never have been, but I don't really feel like dealing with somebody who sees that as like a, a something that needs to be fixed. Yeah. I mean, not a doctor, doctor. Right. I'm not your medical doctor. And also like, I would never begrudge somebody smoking a cigarette a week to deal with life. Like, come on. 
Wow, that is right? such an odd thing to have to fill out in a form. Isn't it Th- that strange? That has never come up in any therapy session I've had. Which is why I never went to her. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, there, that's a really good example of you thinking, that's kind of a strange thing to say. Yeah. So I guess for, um, what that boils down to is you can find out a lot about a therapist from their website and what they ask of you. So that can be a good lead to take before you show up at their door and have a session that you're not thrilled about. I also think that Asker should do some internal homework and like try to find out what didn't click about the last few therapists. Yes. Obviously, you're looking for someone smarter, more you said brainiac. You're, so in the I assume that means you've had some therapists that you didn't you didn't think were that smart. But what else? Like can you nail down something in their demeanor that didn't click for you and try and find a common thread? Like look for your own patterns here and maybe that way you'll be able to find someone who clicks better with you. Yeah. And here's the thing. It takes it takes time. It does. Oh, my God. It takes time. And no one wants to hear this. Yeah. You can't go to therapy three times and expect a lot. Yeah. And I know that you know this because you mentioned in uh, in your question, like, I don't want to have a bunch of false starts. Um, I, I think one of the things that may help you is to know that every time you go to a therapist, whether it works out or not, um, whether you, you come away with wanting to see them a few times or not, you have learned something about yourself. You're still growing. You, you you haven't wasted your time if you do that. Oh, that's a really, really good way of reframing this. You're worth the amount of time it would take to find a good therapist. You're investing in your mental health. Like what could be more important? I think that's awesome. Yeah, I really uh, commend this person actually for, for recognizing what they, for, for doing the work really. Right. I think that's awesome. It is a pain in the ass to do this. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, It sucks to find a therapist and it sucks to go to therapy. That's why I like... Like, God bless technology. You can Skype with a therapist now. Ugh, I've done it. It's great. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, like, uh, if you end up wanting to give up on the search for a therapist, we're not going to judge you for that. But it sounds like this is something that you think could be helpful if you find the right fit. And we definitely think that you are worth the time it will take to find somebody who fits you well. And let's say therapy just isn't for you. You finally throw in the towel or you take a long break from looking for a therapist. You can still do the work on your own. There are good self-help books. I know that sounds impossible and there aren't many good ones, but there are. Right. Um, you, can, you can do some work with yourself. You can be a student of your own mental health until or if you find a therapist. Yeah, do some journaling. Um, that'll really, I think, help put you in the right space for being able to lay out your problems with a person once you find that person. Um, Jen's totally right. There are good self-help books. And if you don't feel like putting in the the money to doing that, go to the library. There's a there's always great um, sections about mental health in libraries. They're not always super up to date, but the truth is you can just sit in that aisle and like flip through the books and, and see who's touching on what you want to talk about. You've got options, um, but ultimately, I don't think you'd be asking this question if you were this ready to throw in the towel. You can do this. You can. It I, ho- sucks. I hope a therapist lives up to what you deserve. Yeah. I think that's that's it. Let's get on to the great number number two question. <laughs> Which is not to say that the first question is bad. It's that if we had to choose a favorite question this episode, it is question two. Yeah. I'm Read gonna, it up. I love I would love to. Hello, ladies. I am starting up with a new therapist after a break in therapy in my early 20s, and I smoke weed. It is illegal where I live, and I think that's ridiculous. It has been an incredible way for me to let go of my anxiety while I remain suspicious of addictive prescription anti-anxiolytics. What they mean is anti-anxiety drugs. I can't pronounce that word. My question is, should I tell my therapist this? 
Will she send me to jail? I feel like she should not send me to jail. But is she required to? Will I show up next week and find her with a giant German shepherd and holding handcuffs? That sounds sexy. I want to be fully honest with my therapist, but maybe this isn't worth it. Help? This is the best question. This is good. And here's why. You came to us with this question. Okay, this is, I learned something very important, Trin. What? Our brand is strong. Our band, <laughs> mental health and, and night wine. Yeah, it, very strong. Friendshipping, the brand the fans trust. Okay, let's, uh, let's get into this. Um, I, my, go ahead. I would guess that you are not the first person she has seen, unless she's like new. <laughs> You know, maybe she's like, you know, 25, just starting out. But if this person is like in practice as a therapist, not only has she seen people who have smoked weed, she's seen people who have like, I don't know, what's a self-tattooed their favorite garden plants on themselves with a uh, hot poker. You are not going to surprise your therapist. You're not the weirdest person she's talked to. Uh, my friend who was in medical school scolds, scolds me all the time for my natural instinct to lie to medical professionals and really all people in positions of authority. My <laughs> instinct is right. just lie. Uh, and she says they do not care. And it is only helpful to share information like this. And they are not judging you. Just I just know I would be remiss. I w- she would text me if I didn't say that. So I'm just saying it. That's what she says. Uh, that said, I, I'm. I know she's right, but I don't believe her. But I know she's right, and I believe her, sort of. You should definitely look up the laws in your state to ensure <laughs> yeah. that they— Maybe, um, you know, honestly, were you high when you asked this? Because you sound a little paranoid. <laughs> but, like, look look up the laws in your state. I, I don't think they vary too greatly state to state. Also, you might not be American. But they're definitely American. I think Only an American would worry about this. I Oh, my God, Jen, you're so right. Like a Canadian would be like, it's going to be illegal. It'll be legal in my country in like a few months. So like, it's fine. But look up the laws. But uh, in Illinois, at the very least, yeah. she cannot send you to jail. No, no, no. no. Especially if you're white. <laughs> Why would that ever happen? <laughs> oh, God, that's so sad. Um, but she is required to alert the authorities if you have an intention to hurt yourself or others. And some people might interpret um, selling illegal drugs or supplying them uh, as being something that could be potential harmful to other people. We don't think you should do this at all. No, no. We think that the reason why you should not tell your therapist this is because you're not doing it. Um, but smoking, really, that's not hurting anybody. Yeah, I, I think one of the hardest things to do in therapy is to paint an honest picture of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually why some people go to therapy, because they don't know themselves very well. Yes. But I think it is worth disclosing this information to a good therapist. You're supposed to be able to trust your therapist. I mean, it's an odd relationship. That's like a stranger that you don't know a lot about that you're giving your life story to and your personal information. It's an odd thing. But I am saying that sharing this information won't make it weirder. I bet she talks too. I was going to say, I bet she talks too. <laughs> you guys are like, like two Talk up together. Two don't hobbits. actually do that. Don't do that. Don't smoke weed with your therapist. If you take one lesson away from this episode today, yeah. please don't offer marijuana cigarettes to your therapist. Don't do that. Um... God. This is like an after-school special. Turns about to turn her chair around and sit sit backwards on it, and put on a backwards baseball hat, and be like, "Hey, kids, <laughs> don't smoke weed with your therapist unless hey, they're kids. really cool about it." I'm the internet's uh, Trin Garitano, and I'm here to talk to you about a very special topic that's close to my heart: weed cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Give well, me that good news. <laughs> 
Okay, so I think the main issue that she might have. Too many 420 jokes. <laughs> oh, boy. She's going to be like, you'll, you set like your alarm for 420 with um, smoke weed every day. And like, and it hits in the middle of your session. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, anyway. Uh, I think the only issue that she might have with this is um, that you're technically self-medicating. Um, and by issue, I don't mean she's going to like be wagging her finger at you. It's just that like, OK, you're totally right. Marijuana is not addictive like Xanax. But the difference is that a doctor knows what you're putting into your brain and has you on a regimen. That would be her problem with it is, um, hey, maybe take a break for a little while so we can see how this is affecting your mood, because depending on how much you smoke, it it might. It's not addictive. We know that the science is there to show that it isn't. Um, but if you really, really love weed and you are um, upset. And it sounds like you do. And, which is OK. <laughs> we're not judging. We're doing the exact opposite of judging. There's just a lot. We, our lawyer friend advises us not to Truly, say on the show. we're congratulating you. On quitting weed. On quitting weed and never smoking it again. Putting all of those bad devil's herbs in your toilet and flushing them down. Satan's grass. Satan's. <laughs> the devil's. The devil's herb. <laughs> I would wanted to say, uh, like, okay, what's another uh, synonym for devil? Lucifer. Lucifer's ferns. Lucifer's. <laughs> okay, we need to never talk about marijuana again because clearly we have problems. The other thing is, can you check your brain real quick and make sure that the only qualm that you have with telling your therapist is the question of legality? Because you might have some residual shame for being a quote unquote drug user. Um, that's how we Americans are taught to think about ourselves uh, after having the D.A.R.E. program. Oh, my God. I was a D.A.R.E. role model. Were you? What a load of shit that turned out to be. <laughs> that should tell you everything you know about the D.A.R.E. program that I was selected. Bad boy, Jen Bain. You are the bad boy of this podcast and the internet. Yeah. One time I was in D.A.R.E. and I was one of like the cool like D.A.R.E. kids who like went to all the D.A.R.E. things. And uh, <laughs> we were passing out like D.A.R.E. to not do drugs buttons at like grocery stores. And there was a guy smoking a cigarette and we were like, oh, we should give this button to him. Oh, Maybe shit. he'll re reconsider Maybe his, he'll change his life around drug using lives. And we gave it to him and, and the guy was like, thank you. And we were like, oh, yeah, we did a great job. Right oh, my now. God. That guy's probably like, wow, if they hadn't found me, I wouldn't be able to turn my <laughs> life around. But it's funny because we, much like the forum that I mentioned earlier, thought of smoking a cigarette as like, you are a bad, you are a bad boy drug user. Shame on you. Oh my God. I just realized I have a dare st story to tell you. We need to know it. Okay. So first of all, dare led me to believe I'd be offered drugs way more often. Oh my God. I was never offered drugs. No, Where were the cool, drugs? I wasn't cool enough to be offered drugs until like college. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, dare, this is what dare class was like in my elementary school. We had the dumbest person <laughs> I've ever met. Come teach us about drugs. Okay. He was a cop. He had a gun. He had a gun on. Wait, he brought the gun? It was attached to him. He was a police officer. Into a school. Yeah, cool stuff, right? Oh, great. Uh, and he would come and uh, grunt in through a presentation about why you shouldn't do drugs. And we were led to believe, this is, this is a total joke and it's crazy to me now, that people would be forcing drugs on us left and right when we got to middle school. It never is a thing. Such a false, like, such a false reality we were given. To the point where one time, one kid, one kid I think so his name excited. was Andrew and he had red hair and he raised his hand and like, he's a smart kid. He had a genuine question. 
based on the context he had been given. He asked if someone, um, what if someone, (laughs) I can't wait, I can't wait. What if someone offers you uh, drugs, but if you don't take it, they say, but I'll shoot you. (gasps) Take these drugs or I'll shoot you. No. (laughs) And no one laughed. It was dead silent. We like, our eyes looked at Andrew and our eyes looked at the police officer and you're like, yeah, what then? And the police officer was like, that probably won't never happen. No one. And I was like, what do you mean? You totally led us to believe that if we don't take this weed, (laughs) smoke this marijuana or I will shoot you. Literally no one would do that. Marijuana is very expensive. Yeah. Never once. Oh my God. That reminds me of the, sorry, go ahead. No, no. I just like, it's just amazing to think like middle school was so weedless. (laughs) Do you do you remember when uh, there were those rumors going around that somebody was giving out marijuana candy to kids? No, it's not. No one would do that. Yeah. regular candy is so much less expensive than weed candy. Why does anyone give marijuana to kids? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No one does. It's it's a moral panic because yeah. it was like a Seattle thing. Like, oh, it's legal, so yeah, now we're yeah, gonna start giving yeah. it to children, and it's like, well. Wine is legal. Are we giving out like mini bottles of like two buck chuck on Halloween? No, that's not happening. Anyway, moral panic. But don't smoke weed, guys. It's against the law. Yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) What was I going to say? I think we covered it. Do you have any more fun dare stories? There's all these Canadians who are listening to this episode. It means drug abuse resistance education, okay? Does it? Drug abuse resistance and education. Yeah. What do you think it stood for? I had no idea. Wow. Maybe you should go educate yourself. <laughs> we all, so Americans in the 90s were required to take these classes or be in this like club that is anti Yeah, it was not opt-in. It was mandatory at my school. We, it was mandatory to do like uh, dare like sessions every month or something like that. But there was a dare club that was optional to join, which of course I joined because I was a dork. I uh, So after that thing happened in elementary school, in high school is when that same police officer asked me to be a dare role model. And I think I got like a scholarship out of it. That's awesome. But I would have said yes anyway, because like, yeah, sure, that looks good on college applications. So one special like dare day, I got to leave school and he drove me around to different elementary schools to talk to people, wow. to talk to students. And it was cool. I didn't have to talk to them about drugs, which was great. I just had to um, be, they would just ask me questions about me and like I got to do basically what I do on the show, which is talk about myself <laughs> and my athletic accomplishments. That's basically what I got to do. I'm so happy. I'm and so I'll, happy. Uh, I, I'll never forget driving around in the pickup truck with this with this dude. Um, did you know that some police vehicles, uh, some emergency vehicles too, I think, have like access to a little laptop that's like propped up on a thing so you can like get messages quickly. And it literally was like a, it was like a small laptop. So I watched for maybe six hours driving around as this police officer typed on his laptop and kept one eye on the road. And I was thinking like, wow, this is crazy. I hope I don't die today. Yeah. (laughs) And I couldn't say anything. He's a cop. I bet he also smoked weed. Yeah. He probably did so many shrooms. That day. He was just, he has shrooms for lunch. Probably. Anyway. Well, ultimately, we think that you should, one, Look up the laws in your state about marijuana and um, release of information from medical professionals. Uh, and two, tell your therapist. I think, yeah. There's just like, it's 2018. You and didn't give us any clues that lead us to be really hesitant. You didn't say like, my therapist is blah, 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 blah. Right. It all sounded like your internal worry, not actually what your therapist is thinking. You're going to be fine. Like, you're not going to go to jail, more than likely. Nah. 
just like, you know. We are not lawyers or therapists oh, or doctors. <laughs> we're not professionals in any way. You probably shouldn't have even asked Maybe us. you shouldn't have asked comedy writers how to live your life. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> you know what, Jen? I'm pretty sure that every week we give people at least three reasons to not listen to us. But they keep doing they keep it. They keep coming back. It's called reverse psychiatry. <laughs> yeah. This has been Friendshipping with Jen and Trin. If you'd like to ask us a question, you can at Friendshipping Podcast. Kind of ill-advised, but yeah, yeah, sure. If that's what you're into, it would be at friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to tweet at us, you may also do such a thing at Do Friendship. Thank you to Ian Parman for editing. Thank you to Molly Lewis for the theme song. Thank you to Alex Cox for making the studio work, particularly today, because I guess it was a mess. Thank you to Laura Gallagher for doing design stuff. And you, thank you for listening. You're welcome for talking. Do friendship at the problem. Hold on, take a breath. Oh, yeah, take My it easy. My heart rate was up because I was giggling so hard. <laughs> <laughs>